I've often been asked, what's the greatest WrestleMania moment ever? To me, the biggest WrestleMania moment in history is... Without a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt. WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 6. Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. WrestleMania 3. I mean, you're talking about 25 years. The first WrestleMania was such a mind-boggling thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan versus Under the Giant, WrestleMania 3. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Everybody that lived and breathed was a Hulk Hogan fan. Look at this! I rooted for Andre the Giant. WrestleMania 4, when Macho Man became the World Heavyweight Champion. It's over! Going to WrestleMania 6 and seeing Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and feeling the electricity that was in that building that day. Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. That ladder match was just so innovative. This for the first time ever at a WrestleMania ladder match. No, no, no! Oh! Brett versus Owen. Every single WrestleMania that I've been in, Rock and Hogan. Two icons facing each other. I think it all Stone Cold's great matches. The Austin Air has begun! Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart Iron Man match. Get ready for one solid hour. I'll make it. WrestleMania 12, the first WWE Championship. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. That's the stage that I want to be on. I, I needed to, to be involved in that. I'm going to be in that ring someday. It would be the coolest thing in the world if I could ever be involved in that. Every time I step into the ring, we know that this is our time to make those moments. That's what WrestleMania is all about, is, is creating a memory. Is also, there's tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I am your host this week, the king of kayfabe, the modern-day Maharaja, David Hockney. We are coming to you live from 14 stories up above Glasgow, and we are now 25 days away from WrestleMania, and that's going to be the subject of today. So, while we're on this road to WrestleMania, let's pick up a few passengers, and that is our beloved panel. Starting first, to my right, uh, making his return to the panel after uh, a few weeks away, it's uh, the phenomenal one himself, Mr. Steven Strachan. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Uh, you get your AJ shirt on and everything, so you're, are you in the mood for some WrestleMania? Obviously, with this year's. Oh. Excellent. And to his right, uh, once again, after a couple of weeks' absence, it's nice to have him back, it's Mr. James Murphy. It's good to be back. Uh, good Give to have you back. Give me the green light, man. Give me the green light, because I'm ready to go. Yep, we are good to go. And finally, he um, he has unfortunately now been put up for adoption after the last couple of weeks on the show, but it's uh, we'll take him in as our own family. He is the set-piece king, Ross McLeod. All right, how you doing? Uh, good it's to have bit, you back. It's a better intro than Stephen and Clark who gave me last week. <laughs> well, that's a... Uh, I guess that's my unique selling point about being the host exactly. this week. And where would we be, of course, without our beloved EP, Mr. Kwaku Ajay? Welcome, sir. What a do. Yeah, and he's all mic'd up as well, which is uh, which is great I know. news. It's only taken like 15 weeks and I have a microphone to myself. Absolutely. <laughs> right, gents. In 1985, Vince McMahon and the WWE bet the house on a crazy idea called WrestleMania. And 
over 30 years have passed and it has become probably the it's been called the grandest stage of them all the biggest spectacle in sports entertainment uh does it live up to that moniker absolutely i think so yeah it's what wwe's built towards all year round mm-hmm. it's definitely your, your look forward to the pay-per-view that and the rumble that's probably your two biggest you're really what you do see yeah arguably the biggest show of the year you could fit almost the entire roster onto one show it lasts for a good half a day at least maybe it can range between three to, to six hours long including pre-shows but yeah, it's, uh, it's considered the grandest spectacle. We've had some good WrestleManias, some great ones, some poor ones, and also some that are just downright awful. So to, on today's show, we're going to be covering uh, as many as we can. We'll cover some of our favourites and some of our least favourites as well. So let's, uh, let's uh, kick off with uh, some stats, actually, seeing as I'm your, I'm your stats guy. Now, I had some experience working on... Uh, <laughs> In my other pers- persona, uh, making 205 Live great again, but I've also <laughs> taken some hints from uh, Titus Worldwide's newest statistician. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, throw out some WrestleMania facts just to kick us off. So WrestleMania was first established in 1985 and has been an annual uh, event of WWE ever since. Arguably the biggest show of the year, selling out to tens of thousands of people, much bigger than your, your average show. And... Yep, the... Um, it's basically where careers are made uh, or retired, new stars are made, and it also it defines people having WrestleMania moments. So I'm going to throw it out straight to the um, the panel straight away. What do you guys think makes a good WrestleMania? Like, what specifically? I would say it has to be the fact that WrestleMania is meant to be the payoff of the storylines that they create throughout the year. It's very hard to say at what point they start building the road to WrestleMania. They always say it's the Royal Rumble. Usually storylines are at least a good few months before then. So the important thing is, sometimes you're going to get a coronation and everyone cheers, which is unexpected sometimes, someone like Seth Rollins, and sometimes you're going to be upset, which I think a lot of people are going to be this year. So it's the fact that you're finally seeing this slow burn come to an end and everything sort of starts anew for a new year. Kate? I think what makes it really, it's matches people want to see. So you hear things like people people have always said they want to see Nakamura versus AJ. They want it's, they've seen it obviously at Wrestle Kingdom, but they still want to see it. What it'd be like in WWE. So they'll say, oh, we want something like that, or Charlotte versus Asuka this year. As they're saying, yeah, again, something people really want to see. So building up matches that people really want to see is what makes it exciting. And if that's what you keep giving people, that's what's obviously making it the best pay per view of the year. I agree with the first point about how it's the payoff to a year's worth of storylines. Also, it, like obviously, we'll talk about it later, but what makes a good and bad WrestleMania? When things aren't paid off, like say Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, that went for another three months. WrestleMania just started that storyline. Whereas, you know, the likes of Daniel Bryan, that was a big payoff, that was his moment. You know, although we didn't really like it, Roman Reigns, that was his moment, that was him becoming the big dog. <laughs> Just to get out of there, straight, just get out of the way early. You know, and you know, it was it is the the coronation of moments and like they were saying, you know, making new stars dream matches. It's it's a combination of a lot of it, I think. Yeah, no, you, you all uh, touched up on some uh, one particular point is that um it's the culmination of a of a long term storyline. You know, sometimes it goes as far back as SummerSlam, sometimes it can go even just as short as maybe maybe uh Fastlane or the Royal Rumble. But I think it's that build towards uh, a crescendo uh, or climax moment as it were and it's 
everything sort of just settles down afterwards and it resets the following months. But yeah, um, matches and storylines aside, do you think um, sometimes that even like when people say they have WrestleMania moments, you know, they say they could win a big match, they like say the Money in the Bank ladder match, for example, it was a staple of WrestleMania for years. And um, also most recently, like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Do you think some sort of epic spots or big wins like that uh, defines a, a good WrestleMania as well? Something that's memorable, but not necessarily like a match winning or storyline payoff. I'd not really. It is cool to see WrestleMania moments in montage packages, but it, like when it goes through the years, they kind of get diluted. Don't you forget that you know the iconic image we were talking about on the Stone Cold podcast when Austin's bleeding and refusing to give up. WrestleMania 13 was god awful, bar that match. So WrestleMania moments are good, but I think they mean more when they're on a good show like WrestleMania 31. People remember, remember Rollins cash in more fondly because that card from top to bottom was a pretty good card. I think it's important to say that like a WrestleMania needs something that sets it apart from the other pay-per-views. It is much like the Super Bowl in that it's not just you're looking at like the best of the best of like the showcase of wrestling, but there's also like a pomp and fanfare that has to come with it. WrestleMania wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for things that surprise you uh, or matches that have interesting stipulations. Uh, one example being the fantastic TLC match that we got at uh, 17, for example. So you need something that sets it apart from the others. And you know, you, you do get that. There's always like a surprise return. Well, no, not always, but there's usually something that stands out. So for example, last year we had the Hardys coming back and stuff like that. It, it ha something about WrestleMania sets it apart from the other pay-per-views. There is a kind of magic about it that they always seem to be able to manufacture, if at least for one moment, rather than the entire pay-per-view. Just think with WrestleMania moments, it's, as you said, it's, it's kind of, there'll be some points where there'll be an amazing moment at WrestleMania, but the, the, the WrestleMania itself might not be that memorable. It's just, I think it really depends on the people. The superstars who are doing the show, if they can make it, because there has been some WrestleManias that have been ranked as really, really bad, but you'll have that one match which has kind of saved it. So it's, I think it really depends on the person who's, who puts the, the, the match together, who's in the match, and how it's, it's going to be played out. That's what makes the WrestleMania moment. It needs to be a, a, essentially a good combination. It needs to be everything needs to be ticked out of the boxes, and that's what makes it pop for everybody. Yeah. So I think yeah, what I'm getting from that is that you know sometimes you can get really good moments or matches on a WrestleMania, but that doesn't make the entire show like a, a worthwhile yep. pay per view, mm -hmm. as it were. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think that's kind of what separates WrestleMania moments from WrestleMania as a whole, because WrestleMania moments are always great, great feelings for either an individual or the fans, and. But again, it's not enough to save maybe the purpose of a of a whole show. Like, uh, you know, you gave some examples like the tables, ladders, and chairs, and you know the Hardys coming back. Uh, but I think like a good example that sort of springs to mind for me is like uh, WrestleMania 32, where Shane McMahon jumped off Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, that was the most talked about moment of the night. But overall, people didn't really enjoy that WrestleMania as a whole. Yeah, I think that was just mm. sorry, <laughs> it was just a case of. That whole match itself was to build to that spot. Like, yeah, that you don't even need to go to the network to watch that match. WWE have got that clip on their YouTube channel, the bit where he jumps off the cell, mm -hmm. and it is just that moment. Like, because the mm -hmm. pinfall is dead drawn out after that as well. He just like, it's Undertaker dragging Shane back in. That you really don't need to watch anything other than that moment. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to touch upon a, a couple of points where where some WrestleManias might not have been as great as we'd hoped, but 
they were sort of redeemed in a way just by one good match that you'd want to keep watching over and over. Uh, Kwaku, do you have any uh, WrestleMania memories at all on what makes uh, what makes a, a good mania out of all the ones you've seen? Um, for me, personally, I like a bit of nostalgia. So going back and seeing some um, so much old school superstars come back and they kind of do something with the current superstars that are there and stuff like that. So it goes back to kind of like Raw 25. I loved Raw 25. I know not it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but I personally loved it because it was great to see even just things like the APA doing their, in their office playing cards with everybody and making fun of Heath Slater kind of thing. I loved all that. Um, also, Pyro, come on. You know my campaign to bring Pyro back to WWE. <laughs> Um, I still think it's the biggest abomination that Kane has no pyro for his entrance, but um, the fact that pyro, uh, hopefully, sh- well, I hope there will be pyro. I mean, at WrestleMania, come on, surely there must be. I don't see why they wouldn't have pyro at WrestleMania. I think that's sort of one of the main selling points because you know again it's like a it's a spectacle of a show. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a standard house show. You know, you just watch wrestling and like. Say like companies like ICW, they don't have pyro whatsoever, not even for like Fear and Loathing. They, it's only when well, you... they did. They did. Oh, did they? They yeah, did they for Fear and Loathing did, yeah. Oh, that, all right, okay, I wasn't aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's usually like when you get a really large stadium, you can sort of justify having pyro. You know, the, the arenas that sell out, are like, again, tens of thousands of fans, not just like, um, you know, say no more than like maybe 12,000 or so. So I just want to run past a few of the WrestleMania attendance records, uh, sh- sort of, uh, sort of just now. And just sort of the first of our statistics coming through before we uh, before we move on to our next part. Um, the WrestleMania attendance record has been at least 70,000 since 2006 every single year. So the lowest attendance in the last 12 years was actually WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, whereas only just over 17,000. And that's no bigger than a standard, a standard house show. Yeah. Like, do you think... Um, like in, like in some WrestleManias as well, even for 20 to 22, where one was at Madison, 20 was at Madison Square Garden, they were about 18 to 20,000. I mean, do you think it's worth, like in this day and age, do you think you could sell out a smaller venue? Or do you think you just go for the, the larger stadiums? I think you go for the larger stadiums because as much as Buzzkill Dave Meltzer likes to announce when he shows <laughs> the next day, like, oh, there wasn't 100,000. Dave, I don't care. Was the show good or not? <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's a case of they do fill almost three quarters of the way up, almost full, you know, mm-hmm. it's a spectacle, you know, mm-hmm. you, they, you can't see the cheap seats where they haven't been filled. It's a spectacle, it, it, like you said, it puts it apart from like a normal house show. Because like you look at the attitude era of WrestleMania and it's like 13,000, 14,000, 16,000 mm-hmm. uh, seater stadiums. WrestleMania looks better because it is this big, massive like, stadium. You know, things you'd see NFL teams selling it. And it's cool to see WWE sell that sort of thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to basically. I mean, WWE. A lot of people have touched on this before. They're they are they do tend to be more concerned with the sales of the network overall as their product rather than filling out house shows. It's not sure. uncommon to see that a house show venue will have some of the seats you know unfilled. It's, but usually they're ones that you can't really see on camera anyway. That's not uncommon given that their superstars work uh, a very tight schedule and that they're going around a lot. They, they work a very grueling schedule. As far as WrestleMania goes, I think it is important to push for the larger venues because not only does it look better for people to be forming in such a large large crowd, you can also see the, the spectacle of them 
unfortunately, for example, with Reigns winning, you know, the fireworks going off outside the stadium when he got his big win and stuff like that. But it, it adds to the, the not illusion, but the spectacle of grandeur that you're getting from having superstars on the grandest stage of them all, you know? I, th- I, I agree with yourself. I think the outside stadiums do make it look bigger. It makes it look more right more regal essentially mm-hmm. because it's not a an enclosed stadium where I'd use it the Agile era I think though back then although it was a smaller venue the crowd because it was indoors when something did happen yeah. it was a louder like you heard Jim Ross saying sometimes he couldn't actually hear himself through his headphones because of how loud the crowd were going mm-hmm. but at the same time then you've got stadium you've got more people because it's how upset would it be if you want to go to Wrestlemania you go to book it and it's it's only 13, 14,000 seats and they're gone overnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you get a stadium, if you can get 20,000, that's more seats, more chance to go to it. I mean, who here would wouldn't would go on at WrestleMania? No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Aye. Uh, just to touch up on that point about the, the larger crowds, it was actually um, from WrestleMania 9 all the way to WrestleMania 17. Oh, no, sorry, uh, WrestleMania... Yeah, no, sorry, 17, I had that right. Um... Yeah, the attendance record was between every year. It was only between sixteen and twenty thousand. It didn't. Um, the last sort of sixty thousand plus attendance was at WrestleMania eight, and then it didn't come up again until WrestleMania seventeen in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, for the majority of the nineties, they had you know the smaller venues, and like you said, the under the Attitude Era size crowd. But I think it just shows to sh- goes to show it's come leaps and bounds that you know the. Um, the attendance, the size of the stadium, you know, it's a good revenue generator for WWE, but also gives more more fans to sort of be there. It's good to think, though, as well, like, obviously, the the steroid scandal, a lot of stars leaving the rise of WCW, led to them taking it away from stadiums. Yet, the actual era, the most profitable era, Vince was maybe a bit scared to take it back to a stadium. I think that maybe is a bit mm-hmm. standoff. Is oh, what, what if we don't? What if we do yeah, the gamble and doesn't pay off? Yeah, and it's like, you look at that... That, well, I'll not go through the roster, we'll be here for ages, how mm-hmm. stacked the Attitude Era roster is, but you know, when they did go over WrestleMania 17, they sold out the, the Astrodome in Houston. You know, obviously the Rockstone Cold Main event will do that for you, but you know, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to see throughout the Attitude Era, you know, the 60, 70,000 seater plus stadiums, because you know, WrestleMania 27 wasn't the best WrestleMania, and you've got Snooki performing in bigger crowds mm-hmm. <laughs> than like the Outlaws, Jericho, and what mm-hmm. have you. Yeah, well, I'm actually glad you brought that up because now that we're sort of talking like you know fan attendance, you know, do we say, uh, do we think bigger stadiums are better than the smaller ones? I want to get you guys' uh, opinions on what are what hinders a WrestleMania, what are its big drawbacks. Now, some of the things I've got listed down here, um, just sort of maybe refresh the memory. Um, some of the things I've got written down are reliant, too much reliance on part timers or legends. Uh, the overall length of the show has has become too long. And uh, one of the other ones that I have is um, the, it's a case of McMahon's all over the product when it comes to WrestleMania. Do you guys any agree with any of those points? Uh, as, far, as far as the McMahon part, I would say I had no problem with Shane McMahon getting his WrestleMania matches as far as they went. So essentially he had his match against The Undertaker. Good spot. People were kind of looking forward to, you know, as far as it went, it, it went smoothly. And then you had AJ versus Shane McMahon, which for me arguably was one of the more attractive matches of the night and it actually exceeded all my expectations it was great I loved it then you get to the part where you have Stephanie McMahon who really is not a wrestler or a superstar you know whatever you want to say she is now going to be involved in a match at Wrestlemania 34 with Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle and Triple H 
Uncle Paul. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm okay with Triple H having his WrestleMania match. You expect that at this point that he's going to have that. I don't see why we should have someone like Stephanie McMahon who... I don't remember the last time she was in a ring. Uh, the Bella match, 2014. That's right, yeah. Exactly. And, and now she... The problem is with someone like Ronda Rousey who, as far as I'm aware, hasn't been training that long... She's going to be having a match at WrestleMania. You need more experienced people in there to be able to guide her through that process. I wouldn't be surprised if that match falls flat on its face. I think the sorry, didn't cut you off. No, 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 that's fine. And then uh, basically, I would say it's all about how you do it, and it's all about context as far as involving the the sons of the genetic jackhammer, sons and daughters of the genetic jackhammer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those important things to to consider that maybe she's not right for it. But Shane McMahon is okay, given that we've seen him pull off some amazing matches. I think the, the thing as well, sorry, just to touch on that match quickly, Kurt Angle didn't look great at Survivor Series. And their Triple H and Kurt Angle are going to have the brunt of that match. And it's a case of, will that be the part that falls flat? Because you know it'll be a case of yeah. Ronda will run in and just knock Stephanie out in two minutes. He did have a, he did have a sore knee, though, I believe, at Aye. that point. Yeah. Although I don't know if that's a chronic thing or not. Mm. You never know. Well, it, it almost sounds like it's a mixed match challenge match as it were exactly well exactly it kind of takes away from the the spectacle of it when you've got you know the likes of Miz and Asuka and Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss you know odd couple pairings and it's a show they're really trying to push on WWE TV and it's like yeah you can get this every week on Facebook for free please buy Wrestlemania and watch another one see that's a, a again that's a, oh sorry a, you wanted to say something Jack no it's just a, I agree with yourself the whole Ronda Rousey thing it's kind of trying to push it and push it and push it they need is he cut down like his best mm-hmm. Triple H Kim part time and Stephanie's no form of a wrestler even when she did wrestle and they've got Rousey who is very very green she, her, her, her acting if it's her wrestling is not to go by her acting lately <laughs> somebody's, somebody's getting injured Mm. <laughs> and then, see, that's another point we sort of bring up. Uh, do you think there's too much focus on celebrities as well? Because um, there have been a couple of points in recent manias, you know, there's too much celebrity focus. So for, like, obviously this year the focus is going to be on Ronda Rousey, who's coming over from the UFC. Uh, last year we had the we had Rob Gronkowski getting involved with uh, helping Mojo Rawley win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And, uh, like, in other years, you know, we've had Mickey Rourke confront Chris Jericho. We've had Snooki compete in a match as well. <laughs> but we'll get to that particular WrestleMania at some point as on the show. As celebrities go, she wasn't, the, like, due to a gymnastic background, she wasn't too overly offensive. Like, it was a case of, that match went about three minutes. But the celebrity involvement thing, that was kind of what WrestleMania was built on. It yeah. was, like, it's not just your, like, it was WWE moving away from NWA, WCW, saying, we're not your normal wrestling, we're... We're superstars, we're entertainers, you know. The first WrestleMania, was it not Ali, Muhammad Ali? Muhammad was Ali was the Mr. referee, T yeah. was there, Cindy Lauper was there. What the hell was that noise? I don't know, sorry. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I think, though, your celebrities kind of need to pick who mm-hmm. can roll with it because you've had people mm-hmm. who are celebrities who just look like a rabbit caught in the headlights. They yeah. just don't have a clue what's going on, but you mm-hmm. have people who will step in and they're entertaining, who they know what they're, they mm-hmm. do know what they're doing. I mean, who was it, WrestleMania 2? The commentator, the, the, the woman, I can't remember her name. Oh, no. She kept going, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Her uh-oh. big claim to fame was she was in an advert in America. It was like, uh, it was some, it was some like, genetically modified food, and it was, the, her catchphrase was, where's the beef? 
and WWE went. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. WWE just went. I will take her. And she was on commentating, and that's all you had. Uh oh. Oh no. It'd be, it'd be like ICW getting the goal compare man for like fear and loathing. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be. I'd, I'd love for to that. see that. Actually. <laughs> see, on that note, I would. On that note, I would actually love that, and I think that's important. Celebrities, while people quite often in terms of professional wrestling like to sort of like recoil in horror when everyone brings up the idea of bringing a celebrity on mm. it has also worked to great effect before so people actually love the image of i believe it was mike tyson going nuts uh, mm. at one of the matches people were like you know they love that bit of publicity watching him get really into it mickey rourke's an interesting one because i believe there's an interview with chris jericho where someone told him that mickey rourke wasn't entirely sure which parts of it were real and he was getting his entourage to you know, he was, th- he was threatening to say, "My entourage, they're gonna batter you, Chris Jericho, like in real life." <laughs> and I think it's important to say, like, the bit with uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, that was actually hilarious to me, and it had one of the more memorable parts of the night when <laughs> a security <laughs> guard, not knowing that this was meant oh, to happen, <laughs> ran over to prevent the giant football player from jumping the barricade. And then you know, you've got stuff like that, and. It's interesting to see. I mean, I, I would never grow tired of seeing Flo Rida at his maximum, jumping up. He's got, he's got his suits on. He's singing out his heart for the WWE. And it's stuff like that that I really do like in terms mm. of celebrity involvement. But then you have to be careful whether you're getting them on just for their name. Mm. If they don't bring anything else, it needs to ha- they need to be someone who's lively, someone who actually brings something. That's if they don't what have I'm that, saying. Exactly. If they don't have that energy... It's useless if they're just a one-man catchphrase or something like that. It's it's, it's pointless. If they get like, oh, sorry, when you. Go. So I think as well, like, you know, he wasn't at WrestleMania. Well, he was in the crowd at WrestleMania, but he was he fought at SummerSlam. Stephen Amell, it's an actual wrestling fan. Yeah. Likes that Adam Sandler. He was in the crowd for WrestleMania 21. Wow. He's a massive Hulk Hogan fan. You know, so it's people that are fans of the product. You know, that that works no too bad, but what. When it doesn't work, you end up like, you know, it's King of the Ring. Sydney Lopper. Aye. Oh. <laughs> it's King of the Ring 93. It was a, how much does this guy, oh, sorry, Royal Rumble. How much does this guy weigh? How much does this guy weigh? It ends up, it doesn't end up in your WrestleMania highlight reel, it ends up in the Botchermania highlight reel. And it, you, you, like you were saying, you need to pick and choose your slip. Imagine yeah. Conor McGregor on commentary. Oh, oh. oh that would be, I don't, I'm starting to go off Conor McGregor, but for that, yeah. I'd just, oh, I wouldn't even watch the match. I'd just listen to Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think one of the other points as well, like when you get musicians such as Flo Rida, like Machine Gun Kelly, Pitbull sometimes was, I think he did a a, a, a sort of concert segment at Pitbull. WrestleMania 33 last year. Um, do you think a concert segment during WrestleMania is worth it? Like, you know, it, yes. some people might see it as like a halftime show. Yeah. Quacky, yeah. you want to... <laughs> limp, limp Biscuit, should I say anymore? Limp, yeah. Well, Limp Biscuit sort of, um, they contributed to The Undertaker's entrance in a bit, in a way, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but the only well, thing is it doesn't always pay off. Was it Rage Against the Machine done the national anthem? No, they did an entrance. The DX band, yeah, done the, the, the mm. national anthem. It's been cut out. Fourteen, it's been completely deleted. So it's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, having a concert. It can be good. Like, this is a halftime show, but it depends who you get. <laughs> I think Rage Against the Machine actually did it on a bigger. I think they did it at like a Super Bowl or something like that. They done uh, a national anthem and they were very anti. Authority, <laughs> being a heavy metal band, at the time, it was just a case of, oh Christ, I let's not get them. WWE didn't see that and decided, let's get the DX band in. Why not? <laughs> see, I think uh, part of WrestleMania as well is that it's sort of you know it's becoming like the Super Bowl in that it's it's more than just a wrestling. Part of that having maybe even a halftime show with bands and stuff. I don't, I don't consider that a bad thing personally mm. and I like the break in the action at times instead of having matches that are constructed to be your toilet break match mm. just have that instead 
Uh, yeah, just uh, one more point I want to address. Do you think um, having celebrity involvement as bands who like sort of play the entrance themes out, do you think that's better than having just celebrities in some sort of yeah. weird angle? Because, you know, we've had it yeah. with um, Motorhead playing Triple H out to the... <laughs> into his entrance we've had uh, cult of per um, sorry uh, living color playing cult of personality for cm punk at uh, 29 saliva the, the dudleys saliva for the yep the dudleys uh rev theory for randy orton yeah uh, pretty white band as well yep doing that as well. do you think that's better than just some sort of weird angle for I a think, celebrity i think it like what we're saying what sets wrestling apart a live song playing a superstar of the ring really does put someone apart although much as people want Lemmy into the, the celebrity <laughs> wing of the Hall of Fame, you can tell that was a Jim Johnson and Triple H song. Look, what's his nickname? The Game. All right, I'm the Game. This is how you game it. I'm the Game. Yes, I'm the Game. <laughs> game, game, game. For me, it's 50-50 playing so There's been notable incidents where the bands, because it's not one of their more familiar songs, they forget the words and it doesn't mm. sound as good. You want that music being played across the familiar way people hear it. Wouldn't be the same, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is glass shattered and his music getting, wouldn't really be the same as being played with a, with a live audience that's getting yeah. hit in and out, you know. All right, well, we've sort of discussed the what makes good points and what might hinder a mania, but let's, uh, let's go straight out onto the panel and say, Let's decide um, what were our sort of favourite WrestleManias and what specifically made them great. So, uh, Strack, I'm going to start with you. Uh, do you have any WrestleManias that you really, really liked? My favourite WrestleMania of all time is 14. 14? 14. 14? Yes. Okay. Reasons, I mean, you had the Cruiserweight match with Takamichi Nuku against Argila, who later became SREO's brilliant match. It's, I enjoyed high flying and there wasn't really a lot of it. So seeing that, it was kind of like, oh, there, there is stuff like that there. You had Triple H versus Owen Hart for the European title, which was a really, really good match. You had The Rock against Shamrock for the Intercontinental title, which if that feud had been built before, I mean that built that was built back for Survivor Series, was it not? You had I think so, yeah. The New Age Outlaws against Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in the dumpster match for the tag titles, which was the best match ever. Um, you had the Kane and Undertaker feud for the first time, which was built so well, and Undertaker was absent for. But two months wasn't even anywhere near Kane, mm -hmm. and then as soon as it happened, people erupted. You had the Austin build up, and then you had the Michaels build up, and then eventually two of them. Because I don't know if this was a work or if it legitimately happened. No way out. Shawn Michaels was meant to be in a f uh, eight man tag, and said so he got injured, so he was Savio Vega took his place, mm -hmm. and I think that made it better because it's yet again Austin didn't get his hands on Michaels. Mm -hmm. The only time it, the two of them met. Michael's always got the upper hand, so the the, the storyline and the, the way that was built, that whole WrestleMania, was just absolutely epic. You'd also had the Mark Mero, Sable against Goldust and Velma Sean, which was built up really well. So I think that whole card was everything people wanted to see at that time, mm -hmm. and it was just put, put in a, such a great way that it made it such an amazing WrestleMania. Is that not the night the LOD returned as well in that giant tag team battle royal? They came back. That was the thing as well. Look at the tag division back then. They had 30 men, so 15 teams. And yeah. a battle royal and LED came came back and the place popped. It's new gear. I like that actually. I hate, people hate when I say this. I like the new gear, the 2000 gear. Uh -huh. I did the older original stuff. Yeah. Where they had the motorcycle helmets and stuff. The, and the silver. And the, I was like, oh, I feel such a mark. Yeah. But uh, it's true. It's, <laughs> no, I, I think, think that's so much better. I'd, I'd say that was one of the pops of the night actually, Aye. right at the start. I love it when people realise they're a mark themselves, so they call it out themselves before other people do. If you can admit you're a mark, then it shows you know you're, you've learned to accept it. James, do you have any WrestleManias you're fond of? Yeah, uh, I would say WrestleMania 30. 
the ending of the streak, mm-hmm. the yep. ultimate underdog story with Daniel Bryan. Uh, actually, something I actually is a minor point, but I really like the fact that the Shield got to come out, and instead of having part timers come out and steal the show at WrestleMania, they just got to bury them. I really enjoyed that. It's, it's good that not only did Triple H lose, his former friends lost as well. It's a nice touch. But I would say, I know a lot of people who are very fond of the streak. I thought that was the best way to end it, mm-hmm. personally. And it was really one of the WrestleManias you can say had the most feel-good ending. Pretty sure after that, the, the finale against Batista, pretty sure everyone went away happy. Yeah. Watching Daniel Bryan lift those titles aloft. Yeah, pretty sure everyone was happy about that. Yeah, I think I think what also makes a good mania is the fact if you can leave that mania feeling, feeling uplifted and feeling happy, and you know WrestleMania 30 did that absolutely spot on, and it was also I think the first mania we watched. Well, Quacko and I, you know, we watched it at mine, and it absolutely tore the house down. And a bromance was born. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it you who had your head in your hands for about ten minutes after the streak ended? Or was that someone else? No, I think that was all of us actually. Oh. Like I remember there was Except about, Kyle who was dancing up and there was down like five or room. six of us, like Josh included. And like literally, um you could hear a pin drop in that room, you know, everybody was stone silence. Daisy was wondering, what's going on here? Because I think that was the first, first time. Mania? It was our first mania, yeah. Like I don't think she really realised how big the streak was at the time. Yeah. But yeah, um, as soon as Justin Roberts announced Brock Lesnar, we were all just like, ter- yeah, just exactly. like that has not just happened. That that at, just didn't happen. At the end of that match, it wasn't a pin, then the music hitting and the bell. It, it was a pin. It was silence. Arguably for a good the most yeah. two three minutes, and then. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner of tonight's match, Brock Lesnar. Then, then it was quiet for another few silence, minutes, and yeah. then he only played his music when, when he started walking, walking up the ramp. Do you know that actually, uh, Paul Heyman didn't even know that Brock Lesnar was winning that match? I don't supposedly. think anybody. I think no. the only people that it knew was yeah. them and the ref. I it, believe. No, no, the ref no, not even the ref. The ref didn't know. Oh, it was just Vince Taker. Yeah. Well, well, Taker no say to Brock. Finish during the match. He says, "Finish this." This is no. It's this is. I'm telling you, finish this, and that's when Brock essentially. Killed everybody's childhood. Not legit. Just for our co- uh, legal reasons. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we might come back to WrestleMania 30 at some point because there's a couple of really good moments from that. Uh, but Ross, uh, do you want to share any good manias? Yeah, well, considering I was slightly more sober and less angry at WrestleMania 31, <laughs> I, really, I nearly left my. <laughs> My young brother was only 15 at the time, and we were at my pal's in Yoker, and he doesn't drink being 15 at the time. And I nearly left him in Yoker, just, just to fend for himself. My pal had to actually say, come back in. No, I'm leaving, I'm going home. <laughs> you were talking about being a mark for LOD. I, I cried because someone lost a pretend fight to another man in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, WrestleMania 31, uh, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that card, up and down, the main event wasn't better, you know, the Daniel Bryan thing was a thing, although they get credit for it, they didn't mean for it to happen, starting for SummerSlam onwards. But I feel the the card itself was a, a stronger card overall, and I felt that had a quick, like we're talking about WrestleMania moments, you know, the introduction of Ronda Rousey, you know, that, mm-hmm. that RKO on Seth Rollins, and then Seth Rollins later on that night coming down to cash and money in the bank. Best moment of the night. Yeah, and then you had, like, although, like, you're talking about Quacky Lake's nostalgia, like, you couldn't get hit with any more nostalgia than the Sting Triple H uh, match where it was like DX and then NWO even though that makes mm-hmm. no sense mm. you know and even even the pre-show there was a Fatal 4-Way tag match in that pre-show 
which is actually really, really good. Yeah. Another one of the Usos classic pre-show matches. <laughs> Poor Usos. I hope they actually get on the main card this year. Oh, I, they will, undoubtedly. I, I, I don't think they'd have brought it up for just to go, yeah, Yeah. by the way, you're... Guess what? It's <laughs> happening again. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I like just, so, man. Yeah, again, that's another point where we'll come to towards, uh, towards the end. Kwaku, do you have any... Any WrestleManias that haven't yet been mentioned you thought were quite um, good? 21 for me. 21? Okay. Um, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Yeah. Um, normally, what it was the first one that I, like, if you, like, stayed up to watch yeah. live, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Obviously, I've seen other Manias before, but that was the first one where I kind of felt I was older, responsible enough to sleep past bedtime to watch, <laughs> <laughs> to watch it. Um, it was... Again, I mean, if you're going to talk about nostalgia, there was the Piper's Pit with Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm. Carlito getting thrown out like a wet tracking, which was brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it started off with both of them arguing who was the biggest rebel, then Carlito just coming in and saying, both of you are not cool, and then he got thrown <laughs> out. So I loved that. Um, also, well, it was, the, it was the first time John Cena became WWE champ. Um, and also um, the first match being Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. his final Mania match um, it was Tag Team Champion versus Tag Team Champion the first of its kind that ever happened at that time So, and also the birth of the Money in the Bank match which mm-hmm. started the Rated R Superstar run so I just loved that I just loved that mania for so many different reasons I think match of the night that one's got to be Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels as well first time mm-hmm. ever they faced off yeah that, oh, that, that was an absolute cracker of a match. I, I wish they never actually faced off again. It'd have been nice just to have a one and done. Sometimes it's <laughs> nice just yeah. to have a one and done. That was once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get to at one point. <laughs> and of our long campaign to bring back Pyro. Yep. Kane had his big pyro. Not only did they have pyro, but the ladders were set alight. That's right, yeah. It's Jerry Lawler's reaction. The city's on fire. <laughs> yeah. That was I think that was the year before. In Madison Square Garden. So it was, I yeah. Because they had the big, massive the New York setup. That's right, yeah. Right. All the screens were set up to look like mm. New York, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually glad you brought up 21 because I've got a couple of stats to roll out before we go uh, to a quick break. Um, but yeah, once we come back, we'll be discussing uh, some other WrestleManias that we really enjoyed that we may have missed out on. And then afterwards, we'll discuss what we think was our worst manias, but we'll also include some, uh, some fan input as well. We've had people messaging us in. Uh, to say like what their favourite manias were and if you want to join in the conversation you can follow us on Twitter at Suplex Retweet you can like our Facebook page and be sure to give us a like on uh, Fusion Takeover Radio as well if you're listening if you want to listen to some of our previous uh, episodes you can listen to uh, iTunes Podcasts if you're on Apple or CastBox FM for PC and Android so just to uh, sorry Kwaku Anchor as well Anchor as well, and we're on Anchor as well. So if uh, yeah, for our, some of our other episodes as well. well. So many places you can listen to us anywhere. Anywhere, <laughs> yep. But yeah, just to roll out some stats as well. Kwaku mentioned WrestleMania 21. Uh, WrestleMania 21 is the only one in history which had no tag team matches, also known as the worst night in Teddy Long's life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no tag team matches whatsoever. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, yep. Shocking. Yep. WrestleMania 2000 as well. WrestleMania 16 oh. was the o- was the only WrestleMania to not have a traditional one-on-one match. Uh, Multi-man mania. Yep. Uh, but there was you could consider one exception. I think the ca- uh, there was a cat fight involved. I think it was, uh, but that was dubbed as a cat fight, not just like a, a singles match. We won't where. call that a match. Yeah, we'll <laughs> not call it a match. But yeah, re- if we exclude that WrestleMania 2016, the only one without any traditional one-on-one matches. So there, there's another one. Uh, another couple of random ones for you. Over the course of nine WrestleManias from 2003 to 2011, the Intercontinental title was only defended once. And guess how long that was for? Was it not like 23 seconds or something? Yeah, like? yeah very close. 21 seconds. And that was at WrestleMania 25 where Rey Mysterio defeated JBL in his retirement match. Yeah. JBL, yeah, JBL was like, I quit, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's Raging right. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another title that hadn't that wasn't defended whatsoever for five straight WrestleManias was the Divas title, because it was in, the Divas title was introduced in two thousand and eight, uh, which was the same year as WrestleMania twenty four, and from WrestleMania twenty four to twenty nine, it was never defended at WrestleMania. The first time it was defended was AJ Lee defending in that fourteen Diva Invitational match at, at WrestleMania thirty. And it wasn't defended the next year either. No, it was because uh, the Bella Twins were facing AJ and Paige. I mean, that was a good match, but at the same time, it would have been nice to see a title match. Mm-hmm. And then WrestleMania 32 was when it got replaced with the Women's Championship. Thank God. Yeah. So, funny that, in the entire Butterfly Divas title history, it was only defended once at WrestleMania. It's not really surprising. It just goes to show hell, isn't it? it just goes to show how far the women's division has come since since then. You know, it's like... The Divas title doesn't get defended at all, and now the women's matches are one of the sort of main focal points of Mania. But the women's title before it became the Diva Butterfly title. Mm, that's right, that, yeah. That was defended quite a few times at WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, but that was sort of like the old, the old uh, sort of women's title. It was Again, always, that it was always just Lita and that was, Yeah, that wasn't featured as much either, and you know they hardly got any time at all. But yeah, um, one more stat for you, just to sort of roll it out. Uh, every 10th WrestleMania, so 10, 20, and 30, uh, the winner of the world championship had to face at least two opponents and at least two challengers rather and they were all organically popular master technicians Bret Hart Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan I thought you were going to say Batista I'm like, <laughs> no no yeah because Bret Hart fa- lost to Owen Hart in the yeah, opening match and then defeated Yokozuna for the title at 10 mm-hmm. Chris Benoit obviously beat Triple H and Shawn Michaels to win his first world title and then of uh, the the feel good moment of the year the miracle on Bourbon Street Daniel Bryan defeated Triple H in the opening match and then Batista and Orton in the main event so that's Triple H in two of those as well because you can see he likes those unfair odds he's getting yeah. that shovel out he basically, basically Daniel Bryan beat all active members of Evolution all active members of Evolution in one night I was actually going to say that it had been too much to have Ric Flair on the front row just to have Daniel Bryan slap him <laughs> just <laughs> once just <laughs> once you know <laughs> he's always been critical of people smaller yeah. Which is ironic considering the size of Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so yeah, that's just a couple of stats to throw at you. When we come back, we'll discuss a couple more manias and also some of our really bad ones. So, uh, we're going to take a short break for a little while, but we'll uh, we'll see you back shortly. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be in the main event at WrestleMania! Oh, hell Special, 
And we're back on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your host this week, David Hockney, and today me and my beloved panel are all in our RV. We've put, we're in top gear, pedal to the metal, and on the fast lane to WrestleMania. 25 days away from the granddaddy spectacle of them all, and we're discussing the best and worst WrestleManias of all time. Now, we've, uh, just before the break, uh, we were discussing some really good manias, and just in that little uh, segment we had there, uh, we had the promo for the main event of WrestleMania 17, widely considered a very popular WrestleMania, and of course, uh, 
we're treating our listeners to uh, My Way by Limp Biscuit, one of the best uh, best promos uh, going into WrestleMania for that main event. Rock Austin 2 as well, and it is probably considered one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. Uh, but just to get uh, get some of our, uh, our listeners involved, we've had people messaging in about what they feel uh, was uh, some very good WrestleManias, but also we've put in some really bad ones, or they've put in some bad ones as well. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Kieran Lewis who says... Uh, his first thought was WrestleMania 19, very solid overall, with Angle Lesnar, Hogan McMahon, and obviously Rock Austin 3, his retirement match. Uh, he also says uh, WrestleMania's 20 to 23 were all actually pretty good, but he also, but uh, he considers WrestleMania 17 to be his favourite overall. That being the one we fe- we saw featured in the promo. Uh, Kieran also says the worst might be WrestleMania 26. Uh, which was the was that not Undertaker Michaels two Undertaker Michaels two and Batista and John Cena it, it was uneventful but mm. it was a pretty solid match and Edge yeah. Edge Chris Jericho was quite good as well yeah well um we'll go we'll go uh, we'll discuss these in just a bit just to share a couple more uh, David Kinnear says hands down seventeen was the best but during that era some of the man- manias were outstanding. So, like, 19 was really good. I think Strat, um, 19 was mentioned before. 20 and 21, also very good. Uh, again, uh, David also says the worst is WrestleMania 27 because the Miz versus Cena in the title match has the credit of being one of the worst title matches at Mania. You also had a pointless eight-man tag on the main card. Sheamus and Bryan for the US title was a dark match. And, of course, the involvement of Snooki didn't seem that appealing. Uh, but, yeah, he... I think a lot of people would agree. Most people would say WrestleMania 27 is probably... With, if it's not the worst mania, it's probably within the top three at least. Uh, but yeah, and just to um, get, uh, we've also got one of our other friends of the show in. You, we all know him as ICW's Fresh Prince of Dromoyne Square. Uh, Ravy Davy has um, has messaged in. He said his favourite was WrestleMania 20. As I think, uh, did one of you guys say 20 as well, or is that no? Quacko said 21. Quacko said to it. Yeah. And I think Ravy Davy agrees with the our other listeners that WrestleMania 27 was being the worst. So I, I'm sensing a trend here uh, of some uh, of what we think is the the worst mania. Well, um, but we'll come back to some sort of more fan messages in just a moment. Uh, do you guys like have any other good WrestleManias that we might have missed out on already? Well, somebody mentioned WrestleMania 19, and I was going to mention for the best WrestleManias. Although WrestleMania 17 was, you know, the ultimate WrestleMania, people seem to forget 18, 19, 20, 21, even. 22 and 23 were pretty decent as well. Yeah. Mm. Although, you know, Mark Henry Undertaker was a bit questionable in 22, you know, mm-hmm. but for uh, up until WrestleMania 27, they had a pretty solid track record with WrestleManias. Yeah, so it was like um, the Ruthless Aggression WrestleMania seemed to do pretty mm. solid, didn't they? Well, uh, I think they did better than the Attitude. Well, minus 17, I think they did better than the Attitude era WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. I actually considered WrestleMania 33 quite a good WrestleMania. Uh, there weren't a lot of times watching that where I thought I could be doing something else or even I'm, I'm bored by what's happening here. Uh, there were points where I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. As far as I've gone back and watched it, because I'm now used to a certain style of wrestling, uh, I, I used to. it's quite similar to the way I used to watch it when I was younger, which interestingly, you know, I used to watch like, the Hardy Boys, for example, where my, they were my guys. And then watching them come back and wrestle like the same kind of style and the, the roster's more sort of built around that as well. That was really exciting for me to see that done on a grander stage. It's kind of the... That is the real new era of WrestleMania and hopefully we see better stuff than that. But hopefully we see the same kind of stuff with 34 as well. Mm. I just think that era, it was kind of... I think it was just, it was, there were some matches that were great that held it and then there were some that didn't. So I think it was kind of 50-50. It's like... 
one of the, the WrestleManias, I think the Mark Henry one you're saying, The Undertaker, yeah, was boring. But for myself, what kind of pulled that one back was the RVD winning the ladder match. Yeah, and then you had the Rey Money in the Bank. Then you had Rey Mysterio as well, another ECW original, winning the World Title. Ah, uh, yeah, him against Orton and uh, Angle, which yeah. was really, really good. Which surprisingly, I thought mm. I thought it would just kind of day two mm. beat each other up, and then Mysterio kind of steals the pin. Mm-hmm. But no, it was actually really good. Solid. That was a really good main event. I think you know. I think what really sort of really made that quite a, a WrestleMania that was built up in the air. It was held in Chicago as well. Yeah. And as we know, Chicago is a bit of a die-hard crowd, to mm-hmm. say the least. And I, I think some people were actually booing Mysterio and C- well, obviously they were booing babyfaces and cheering the heels. I think do you think that's where it all sort of stems from? Do you think that was the right? Um, I don't know if it was the right atmosphere to have Rey Mysterio win the the, uh, the world title in. It, it's one of the ones. It's it would have been nicer if people preferred Rey to win. But you know, Orton was back to being heel after being yeah. the boring babyface. It was really, really good as a heel when he wants to be. And it was a case I just, you can never tell with crowds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like Triple H uses an excuse as why Roman Reigns gets booed. You know, he gets booed because of the booking Triple H. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a case of, you know, you go, you go to Ohio and it's like, it's, you know, they, li- they love Ziggler and Miz because they're for there. You go to St. Louis, that's a more... Orton you know, heavy crowd. Yeah, it's an Orton heavy crowd, but it's also a very face heavy crowd where you go to New York and Pittsburgh and Chicago. They're dead smarky, heel favouring crowds. So you can never tell but what crowd shows up that night though, because mm-hmm. there is nights in certain towns where it's like, oh, we're going to get a really good crowd, and it's like, that crowd did not care about anything that went yeah. on that night. Yeah, it's like often you, you sort of expect a certain crowd to behave a certain way. Like, you know, sometimes even in Chicago, yeah. you know, you can get a, quite a, a casual crowd. Like, you know, yeah, some ones that aren't so. as loud or as, like, as smarky, as it were. I think it's just people maybe hold up crowds to maybe certain Possibly. events. Like, you know, oh... WrestleMania 20 was in New York City, they're going to be loud, like, mm. well, no, it's a boring run in the middle of May, you know, it's not WrestleMania, and then, like, uh, people, that, that night in Chicago, that money in the bank, people uh, hold Chicago to that standard. Yeah, Kwaku, do you have any other manias that you want to throw in? Because um, you, you've mentioned 21 already, that was pretty solid, and I think there's a lot of people have said 20 to 21 were quite good. Well, what if I, the obvious 17 was another one for me that I loved. Uh-huh. Um... Recently, um, I, I don't know why, but I, I just like to pick out different things from each kind of manias, um, unless it's exceptional like it was for me for 17 and 21. There's just certain bits that I like from it. I wouldn't say it's the whole package, if you like. Mm-hmm. I would like to pick and choose my own kind of mania, then I would say, yeah, that was amazing mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, but it doesn't stop me watching it because I just love the whole thing as it is. But yeah. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if we can go back to some of what our listeners have said, uh, we've got Andrew Hewitt. Uh, he says best was WrestleMania 17, worst WrestleMania 27. Uh, Jamie Mason says one of our pre- uh, who's one of our previous panels on the show. She says her favourite was WrestleMania 17. The highlight being uh, TLC2 featuring Edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudley Boys. Spot on. The whole match was great, but that one spot. I'm guessing she's referring to Je- uh, Edge spearing Jeff Hardy from the ladder. There's quite a few spots in that right, match. It was yeah. Rhino speared later the, through the uh-huh. table, and he just almost broke her in half at her. Right. It's just when she's saying that spot. I think what one do you, what one comes to mind when you think of Maybe TLC? Yeah. Spike Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. That's the thing. You can't really sort of define like what's a good TLC spot. 
But or the um, ladder collapse on all the tables as well. Mm-hmm. Again, the Joey Mercury spot ladder. That's oh. that was <laughs> that was Armageddon. That wasn't WrestleMania. Doesn't matter. That's still the worst spot yeah. ever. <laughs> okay, um, Michael O'Donnell. Uh, WrestleMania 17 was always going to be one of his favourites because of the TLC match, and of course the Austin heel turn where he shakes Vince's hand at the end. That was jaw dropping. Uh, he also says WrestleMania 20 with the return of the Undertaker with his Dead Man gimmick mm-hmm. was was pretty cool. Uh, Eddie and Benoit getting their moments at the end, although the way Lesnar and Goldberg uh, fought in that one, it really sort of damaged it a bit. <laughs> but overall, it obviously didn't do too much damage because I think they rectified it last year. It's actually yeah. 14 years to the day. 14 since, years, yeah, that's yeah, right. 14 years to the day. Last, I, it was a, on the taxi coming in, I seen it was Kurt Angle put on Instagram. And it was a photo of him and Eddie just saying mm. 14 years ago today I shared the ring with the best all-rounder. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, Michael says WrestleMania 9, which I don't think we've mentioned yet, is one he'll pretty much always skip on the network. Taker's match with Giant Gonzalez and the screwy way Hogan got the title was so meh. It, and not really worth too much focus. So, And that's another one. Well, that was something earlier on when we were talking about what makes a bad WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That... that non-finished Wrestlemania it's like you know Michael's uh, Satanka is Wrestlemania 9 yeah that ends in a DQ you know Money Inc v Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan ends in a DQ screw finish in the Undertaker match screw finish in the Bret Hart Yokozuna match random Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna mm-hmm. match it's just a case of yeah. like what is going on here this is this this would be acceptable when they lead up to Wrestlemania for someone to get their revenge mm-hmm. as we've seen with the Bludgeon Brothers attacking the Usos and New Day at Fastlane yeah but you know that Wrestlemania needs to be the be all and end all the culmination mm-hmm. uh, Paul we got a couple more just uh, we'll shoot them pretty quickly and then we'll sort of di- uh, spread the discussion on the, the worst Wrestlemanias seeing as we're throwing in a few of there already uh, Paul Sherritt says his favourites were Wrestlemania 6 and 17 18 and 19 again all making reappearances uh, he also thinks Wrestlemania 9 got a lot of unnecessary hate well, well I mean it's uh, debatable but it's a um it's well, got the best set for any wrestling yep. ever. I, I think that's true. Mm. And, and who could we forget? Our own Lord and Master Stephen Wilson has uh, put, a, put a message in as well. He thinks 18 was the best because it didn't feature any bad matches. And there was also the Icon versus Icon Rock versus Hogan match. Again, that, another big selling point. Uh, he says he hated 27 because of Snooki's involvement, uh, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler's match, and Ms. Cena main eventing. And Del Rio going for the world title. So again, it was a bit of a mishmash booking with 27. And I've actually got a one another stat for WrestleMania 27. Can I just say, hate on Cole all you like. He's still undefeated at WrestleMania. Mm, <laughs> yep. Yeah, WrestleMania 27. Did you know that Alberto Del Rio was actually winless in his previous five TV matches before uh, going into WrestleMania, which he then lost the world title match in the opening contest. Good. And he was the Royal... <laughs> Good. <laughs> And he was the Royal Rumble winner that year. The Royal Rumble winner is supposed to main event WrestleMania. He was the opening match. Uh, again, I think that's just another uh, that's just another point of why WrestleMania 27 was so bad. But yeah, um, okay. I think everybody is saying WrestleMania 27 uh, oh, was the worst. Like, and I think there's a good couple of reasons for that. One is that no titles changed hands. Mm-hmm. Like, only the world title, the the two world titles, and the United States Championship were defended. Like, but the United States title match was a dark match and then became like an over-to-the-top battle royal, which was won by the great Kali of all people. Yes, the greatest wrestler of all time, the yeah. great Kali. It's not oh. how you spell Jinder Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> 
yeah. But Don't get yeah, started. Only the two main world titles were defended. Every other champion was involved in like a tag team match or something like that. Because obviously Wade Barrett and the the core were all champions, tag team champions and intercontinental champion. I feel so bad for Ezekiel Jackson watching that back. Everybody comes out and it's like you know, Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater aren't going to get a better WrestleMania moment than this. You know, Wade Barrett got a couple more WrestleMania matches, mm. but they're standing there holding their title in front of 70,000 fans, and then Ezekiel Jackson's just there kind of like, Hey, I'm here too. Hello. <laughs> I'm just filling the spot here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think made WrestleMania 27 so bad? Uh, I would say... I wouldn't even say, like, Stephen just said it was The Miz and John Cena main eventing. That wasn't my problem with it. My problem with it was that The Miz didn't get the win. It was essentially The Rock that got the win. Mm. Something that has cropped up time and time again as a point of contention for me is that instead of pulling the trigger on someone, they'll have a famous face come out or a part-timer to do it and try and get them over. For example, you know, The Rock coming out and lifting up Roman Reigns' hand is a good example. See if The Miz just won that, even dirtily. I would have been fine with it, but not only did he not really win it dirty, he won it. We won it completely, not even of his own merit, and that was what let it down. Not only that, it had nothing to do with 28 as well, because 28 fed into apart, apart apart from having the Undertaker match. Apart from that, 28 was a letdown as well. Similar mm. similar reasons. It was a one match show essentially. Yeah. But yeah, I think another thing with 27 is um, like Miz just didn't beat this beat Cena like in dubious circumstances with a big assist from The Rock. But that match was actually restarted because Miz and Cena both got counted out and Miz suffered a legit concussion from smashing his head against the floor. So not only did he, should not only should he have retained, the match was restarted and then retained by help from The Rock anyway. Yeah. The only way it could have been worse if The Rock picked up his lifeless Cast yeah. body draped him on top of John Cena, you know? It's the only way it could have been worse. It's like a way of beep, it's like a, a B pay-per-view ending. Essentially, like, yeah. And, like, why would a WrestleMania title match want to end in, like, a double count-out anyway? That would just leave uh, just a sour taste in everyone's mouth. As you're saying about <laughs> it only get worse if The Rock grabbed Miz's lifeless corpse. If Miz was followed across the ring, I think Alex Riley and The Rock would have had to grab him because he's only about five feet away from Cena. But, obviously, because he's concussed, he's got no idea what's going on. And it's just, like, you see Alex Riley going, Go! Go! <laughs> pin him! Pin him! Pin! Pin, man! Pin! I've got a soft spot for WrestleMania 27 though, because like uh, we were talking in the break, it's the first WrestleMania I stayed up to watch live. It's the first WrestleMania I watched with all my pals. You know, being the biggest rock fan that we discussed on the, <laughs> yep. discussed on the Stone Cold podcast, how much of a rock fan I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, did you? I've never heard you say that before. Uh, it's just the constant raised eyebrow I've got. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, it was the Rock's return. Although you know, it could have been better. You know, I think I think the things well like. Mm. Something else leading into the show. John Morrison was insanely over and he had a feud with The Miz not too long ago where The Miz got the upper hand when they were both IC and Intercontinental Champ. Mm. And people wanted to see maybe... You mean John- US and Intercontinental? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, people wanted to see that match as well and people wanted to see the match. It was Rock v Cena. You know, The Rock didn't come out to say, I'm hosting. The Rock came out to say, I'm calling it Cena. And the promo where he was meant to announce he was hosting WrestleMania. <laughs> And it wasn't even once in a lifetime either. Oh, there you go. Not even that. Nope. Uh, but yeah, that's another one that crops up. WrestleMania 29. Was that a bad one? I don't think it was wasn't a bad great. One. Like you said, it wasn't great, but it was a case of I think people didn't want to see Roxy again. Like you could have saved it maybe for a, a SummerSlam or 
you know, maybe waited two, three WrestleManias for mm. it, and then it wouldn't have been so fresh in people's mind. You know, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, again, something that was still fresh in people's mind. They just fought at SummerSlam, and every other match just like, kind of seemed like Fandango, Chris like, Jericho. Like filler, really, almost. Yeah, like Fandango, Chris Jericho had a good match at Extreme Rules, but maybe that's because we're holding it to Extreme Rules standards. Like, this is WrestleMania, every match has a bigger standard. Like, there's a fun tag match with Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, Kane, and Biggie Langston. Yep. Team Hell No, is this? Uh, team Hell No, yeah. Uh, team Hell No. Loved again. that storyline as well. Like, that was a fun match, but at the same time, it, it would have been a fun match on Raw. This is WrestleMania again. Yeah. Like, it just felt as if they put all their eggs in the one basket. They put, it was the, the, the Taker Punk match, the Triple H Brock match, and the Rock Cena match, but with the selling points. Mm. And we'd already seen these matches. Again, reliance on part-timers, yeah. really, and legends. But one, uh, I'd like to throw a curveball in there. You know, The Undertaker faced CM Punk that year. Again, great match. Do you think it would have been different? had? Because obviously, not only was Cena and Rock having a program, but CM Punk was also having a program with The Rock as well. You know, he faced him at the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber that year. Do you think WrestleMania 29 could have been better if CM Punk was added to the title match and made it a triple threat? I think he should have ambushed one of them or something like that and made it into his own thing. Would have, it would have fed more into the idea that he was like, why are you bringing these part-timers when you notice know, people who are busting their hump every day that should be getting these kind of shots? Mm. Triple threats, I think, well maybe more nowadays, are being leaned on to add fan favourites to matches instead of making them more a combination of a storyline where it's so out of control that they have to put them all in the same match. You see, to be honest, I think, you know, Punk would have been like the outsider to that feud and we would avoid, you know, the whole moniker of twice in a lifetime, as it were, because, you know, I think a lot of like fans were upset that Cena lost to The Rock and I think that sort of 29 match was just a way of sort of rectifying it, you know, the old 50-50 booking, say, oh, he's won one, now you can win one. I think that sort of defeats the purpose of it a lot and it really sort of killed the, the feud for a lot of people. Something, is, something else as well, you know, we're, we're going to see it this WrestleMania eventually, Cena Undertaker. There was rumours leading into WrestleMania 29 of Brock v Rock, you know. Rock v Rock. No, Brock, Brock v Rock. Lesnar. Right. <laughs> right. So, like that wasn't that's something you hadn't seen since WrestleMania uh, since SummerSlam 2002. You know, you hadn't seen Undertaker, Cena, and their current personas have a match. You know, and even still, like who are the two leftover guys? Triple H, Punk. Punk could have just went after Triple H. Maybe like, you know, he lost to the Rock, lost to the Rock again. Say, say he lost to something, say he lost to Cena twice. You could have had him say, oh, well, I want I want my title match. And when under uh, when Triple H says no, you could have had the sort of AJ Styles, Shane McMahon thing where he just beats the hell out of, you know, corporate Triple H. And Triple H just goes, no, actually, I'm back. And that could, that could have saved twice in a lifetime. Mm. And it could have been matches that weren't so fresh in the mind. Mm. I think it does. Probably the, that was probably the best way to do it is not to have Punk directly in with the match, but keep him against Undertaker because that was a really really good match. It shows actually quite surprised that, and then just have him GTS The Rock and Cena, and you can maybe then. What was the pay per view after that? That Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. You could have then had the triple threat because mm-hmm. you see some st- some triple threats are still getting a point. It's, I kind of get the idea they're trying to put triple threats together or the title could go that way it could go that way it could go that way but some of them it's just kind of like Kane Strowman and Lesnar at Rumble Kane was only there to take a pin yeah. that's the only reason he was there so it's like some triple threats can be built legitly some 
don't need to be anywhere near WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and some just don't need to happen whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, uh, sort of moving away from 29 now, a couple others that came up as well. Uh, WrestleMania 2 in three locations, and there was also WrestleMania 9, which featured the... Uh, Togas? The, yeah, JR in a toga. Yikes. Probably he coming out back, wasn't a camel. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I came here on a camel. My Uber driver was called Camel. Legitimately. My, I will show you after this. My Uber driver was called Camel. Wow. Arrived <laughs> by Camel. Right. Yeah, I arrived by Camel. That's epic. So if, if I'm not wrong, post on our Twitter page as well, so that everybody can see you that we're not lying here. If I'm the, for some reason I'm, I'm drawing a blank on this one, but is nine the one where? Um, Bret Hart loses to Yokozuna. That's right, yeah. And Hulk Hogan says, No, brother, I won't let this happen to you, Bret Hart. Don't worry. And then wins the title for himself. That's right, oh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry, brother, I'll take your title. It was, <laughs> a, it was a very sort of, yeah, screwy finish. It was Bre- <laughs> Bret Hart losing the title to you, or Yokozuna defeating Bret Hart. But Mr. Fuji throws salt in Bret's eyes. Hogan comes out saying, Nah, we're not having that. Uh, I'll win it instead. I'll win it for you. <laughs> it's very similar to like John Cena being like, I'm a nice guy, and then just. Kissing Zack Ryder's girlfriend right in front of him. Oh, like, don't worry, Zack Ryder, I'll help. Or don't worry, Ray, I'll take this title. Oh, <laughs> oh. See, oh. that's what Cena. Yeah. Not that Cena's like the modern Hogan, but yeah, it's basically the. Don't He's, worry, Mysterio. Sorry about this. WrestleMania Nine as well. It was also the only Undertaker match where he didn't win by pinfall or submission. Yeah, he won that. by disqualification. Giant Gonzalez. With by Giant oh. Gonzalez, yeah. His suit. The I big mental scar. When he's big for years. When he's big for years. His big furry ab suit and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was so weird. You know what made it worse though? It's the fact that like, you know, like, not to praise TNA too much, but remember when Bobby Roode lost to Kurt Angle? And then James Storm went, no, that's not going to happen. He's not going to get screwed over. So James Storm beat Kurt Angle for the title. Why didn't they have like, someone like Owen Hart or the British Bulldog or someone who's actually associated with Bret Hart? No, it was like Hulk Hogan. But you've never seen with Bret Hart's like because Hulkamania was running wild, brother. <laughs> Egomania was running wild oh. backstage as well. Beat me to that. Egomania, <laughs> politics mania. You you know is is Hogan's been accused of like uh, you know having creative control cards and stuff. You know they like at the end in the Bash of the Beach, Vince Russo highlighted it quite quite well. It, it definitely sounded like one of those moments as, uh, for WrestleMania Nine and. I think it was. I think it was also the first outdoor WrestleMania as well in Las Vegas, uh, the Caesar's, Caesar's Palace. Palace. Yeah, was that a hotel? See, yes. I, actually, I actually really like the outdoor manias because there's something really satisfying about watching it. Because you know, you see with the time difference, we watch it here, and Mania last year was it six hours long, maybe? Yeah. Roughly yeah. about that. That's you know, right. Yeah. And then it's great. It's really fun seeing like at the start of the matches, it's like everything starting. It's daylight. It's daylight. And then, and then when it's the Reigns Taker match, it's dark. I was actually a really. Yeah. Something, I don't think that was intended, but it looked really good. No, that was in Florida as well, and you know yeah. their times they're only about five hours uh, behind us. So New Orleans isn't that far. New Orleans one, is about one over six, I think. One yeah. Over, yeah. So it's not going to be that bad. So like. But the the Superdome's uh the Superdome's an indoor stadium anyway, so it wouldn't <sighs> make a difference. Boo. Yeah, same arena as WrestleMania 30 as well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think there's only ever one other time where the same venue was used uh, four years apart for a WrestleMania. I think that was the same ones in Anaheim, California, and that was for give me a minute. Uh, yeah, that was between that was for WrestleMania. 12 and WrestleMania 16. Can I just say that I am re- I am actually this is one of my bones of contention with WrestleMania 34. I am really upset with the fact that there so far appears to be no catchy song for WrestleMania. Mm. Oh, well, it seems like they're just I, reusing Kid just, Rock again. I'm not okay with that. 
I need it to be catchy, I need it to be something that gets me a wee bit hyped, and so far all I have is that coming down to New Orleans uh, old hate, folk song or whatever, I, it's I terrible. I it so much as well. Cause so bad. <laughs> it was like from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania last year, it was the, the Greenlight song which were playing in the background. And that was such a good song as well. And it, I'm glad pro- you like it. <laughs> and before that, it's uh, My House as well. And My House as well was a really good... And as well, the promo packages were really well put together. It was like, these are the guys you're going to see. Whereas, uh, whereas this one, it's just like a Mardi Gras look. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm going down to New Orleans. It's not that good, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. fill me with that WrestleMania. Spirit. You sing it better than Kid Rock. And he's Damn. in all of it. Yeah, you go. Is that him singing? It's not him singing that. Yeah, Kid Rock. Oh. Yeah, Kid Rock wow. sang for, "Celebrate" for WrestleMania 30 as well. I'm pretty sure they used that in the Ronda Angle Triple H Stephanie uh, segment promo. So he's going to be singing Undertaker's yeah, entrance. Tri- Triple H always well, gets his own theme song. That'll, that'll get changed to maybe Metallica. Well, that, it's funny you say that because that is a rumor going around that he's going to be coming back as the American badass. badass yeah. And Cena oh. will be. Doctor fucking Oh, always. he's gonna. Well, he can go back to even being the prototype. No, I'm kidding. Oh, wait, that's that's, they're going back to their personas when they last fought. Mm-hmm. That's that, that, that's something we brought up earlier. They've not fought in the yeah. incarnation. Cena was oh, Doctor Thugonomics. Well, and Taker was... did put his hat down and take it yeah. as, as things off. So he took that gimmick yeah. and lay it on the ground at the yeah. last WrestleMania. Maybe he'll so be. So the dead, man's, the dead man's deed. The dead man's deed. The dead man's deed. And um, <laughs> the biker man's back. The biker man's back, man. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. If the dead man's dead, that sort of looks at it like Mark Calloway in a way, you know, and he's like obviously a big lover of bikes and stuff. So I think the American Badass gimmick was sort of him as a character, as as a his own personality fitting into the character, and you know it could just be Cena versus Mark Calloway rather than Cena versus Undertaker, Dead Man. Would you say they're doing this because John Cena Taker is a dream match, or do you think they screwed up? his retirement match, and they're doing a do-over. Yes. You think it's the second one? I think it's the, the latter. What? <laughs> I've seen one earlier that did make me laugh. It was, I think it was PWN uh, on Twitter that said, if we if we have uh, Undertaker do his entrance in a bike, we can at least add three more matches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Straight fire. Well, you could add a... Wouldn't mind an extra match on it. It means it gets everybody on the card, and that brings me to sort of one of the uh, one of our next segments: uh, modern difficulties of WrestleMania. Like in recent years, you know, we'll say like WrestleMania twenty eight onwards. You know, the WrestleManias that had pre shows yeah. and dark. Well, I mean, obviously some had dark matches with Sunday night heats and stuff. But you know, we're talking specifically pre shows that get aired on social media. Uh, do you think like the pre shows? Um, are hindrances or helps you know sometimes you can fit multi-person matches on there get as, as many people on the card as you possibly can but uh, can it be a downside as well I consider I consider the pre-show just as much a part of Wrestlemania as the rest of it however yeah. I understand that backstage there are differences relating to bonuses pay scale DVD bonuses stuff like that uh, one of the reasons Neville was upset was due to the fact that his content was cut from the DVD and mm-hmm. he didn't receive uh, a portion of the, the profits from it as well. I, I can see that as being a problem, however, as part of the whole WrestleMania as a spectacle, you know, before the pre-show was happening, I'm sitting down with beers and popcorn and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting watching old WrestleMania ready to go. So I would say it's just as much an important part of the pre-show, but I would say it's key to make sure that the, la- the least important matches are going on the pre-show. Well, obviously that that brings up another point. Um, what do you what would you consider the least important matches? Because 
when it comes to WrestleMania, I don't think you can ever have a least important match. And I think this brings up some difficulties as well, like, because uh, sometimes you get tag team matches relegated, you get women's matches relegated, and then that sort of brings up the whole, a bit of a political uh, sort of debate as well, like who should be on the pre-show, essentially. But it kind of contradicts itself. There shouldn't be any matches that are on a pre-show. It's WrestleMania, every match is the match you should want to see. Mm. So shouldn't there be anything that's pre-show. It should be, a, a, you want to see that, you want to see that, you want to see that, you want to see that. It should be a case of, oh, that's an afterthought. We'll just put that in the pre-show. Um, uh, people know where I really watch that. We'll put that in the pre-show. It shouldn't be that way. Should every match should be on the main show because mm. that's what people want to see. It shouldn't be just a kind of afterthought. It's part of the reason for that, not that they're wanting something for people to be able to watch while they're filtering people into the stadium as well. Because it was one of the matches that went on where the stadium was half full, people were still coming in. Yeah, no, that was still right back. Yeah, you know that was there. No, the, the, the ticket tout machines weren't working, so people were you know they tried to get in, but there was a backlog and people were getting stuck and they couldn't get in. I think it was Matthew for Botchmania put a tweet up. At WrestleMania 32, they're not letting us in. I've paid to come to WrestleMania and I'm watching Kalisto Ryback on my phone <laughs> on the network. Wow. So he was in the arena, he could hear the thing going on and he's watching it on a delay on his phone. That but, sucks. But that's the thing, I, I think, obviously I, I used to wrestle myself, I think if you're wrestling while people are walking into the venue, mm. that's an insult. That's yeah. a complete insult. You're, you've took time to put the match together, you're out there doing the match, you try to give it everything and then you get put in a sleeper hold and you look around and there's people trying to find their seats, there's people trying to buy popcorn, there's people go to the toilet and you just kind of go, oh, we'll, just, we'll just do the go home, we'll just do a basic match and we'll just go get be our stuff, it, yeah. be so done, it's, it's not it's not to help the guys, mm. it's just a case of we're just we're here to yeah, on that note, I think a title match should never be on the pre-show, no. it's, it's already, no. it's, it basically, I think a pre-show is essentially it's it's the bit before the film starts. It's the it's the essentially trailers. the trailers. It's the trailers. It's 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 a nice opportunity for some of the guys. And the, part of the business, you know, I think it, that it's important is it's also part for some of these guys to get a payday. You're appearing on WrestleMania, you're getting a paycheck as mm -hmm. well. So you know, it's nice for Kalisto and Ryback to be able to go out there and do something, even though it's not important. What was shocking was the cruiserweight title and the IC title going on the pre-show, mm. which was. But you oh, see, that was last year as well. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Ross, you were going to say. Yeah, it was two points. So I was just to say, like this year's WrestleMania, at least they had people in the stands. Like it was a lot better organised. You know, they went on. I think uh, Neville Aries uh, went on eighty minutes before the main show. But the, the stadium was just a bit full. And then, I think that was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but something as well, like, it's a, it's a double-sided coin, I think, whereas, like, the women last year fought to get on the main show, and it was good to see the two women's match on the main show. But then you see that the Raw women's match got 16 minutes, and the SmackDown women's match got five minutes. And it's, it is that sort of thing where it's like, well, would you rather 15 minutes on the pre-show, you know, when the stadium's mm -hmm. full, or would you rather, you know, five minutes right. between a title match with Goldberg and Lesnar and an Undertaker match coming up where, you know, with the greatest respects between those two matches, doesn't matter what's going on, no one cares. Mm. Yeah, um, and that sort of brings up another issue as well, like the length of WrestleMania. Like, see, last year, the main show was five hours long mm -hmm. and it, with a two-hour pre-show, so in total, that's seven hours to fit into just one showing. Is that too much? No. no. Loved it. 
See, I've watched WrestleMania with you at my house, and I remember you falling asleep after about with maybe an hour or two hours to go. But it's in that half food poison. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think <laughs> thirty. Yeah, we watched thirty two at mine, and you had re- a really bad case of food poisoning. So I'll let you off with that one. So oh. don't eat at your house. All right, got it. <laughs> oh hey, I didn't provide food that year. But so yeah. you're the cheap host and you poison your guests. Oh, yeah. is that so much worse I, I resent that. The first time I hosted <laughs> WrestleMania at my house, I provided I provided pizza for everyone and, and a non <laughs> and a non cheese pizza for Quack because he's lactose intolerant. Eat them. Oh, oh. We're, we're digressing, but it was a thick crust pizza, which is an abomination. Shocking! Shocking! <laughs> it's, it's a second abomination. Right. Let's uh, let's move away from uh, from Third pizza strike, for a Dave. Strike. Let's move away from pizza for a moment because we've got we're into the last ten minutes of the show. So I want to get like a few final thoughts on uh, WrestleMania. Do you think um, two points actually? Should all the should the entire roster try and get on the main card one way or another, whether it be in a battle royal or some sort of multi-person match as it is? And the second point I want to bring up is, you know, you were just debating like, you know, the women were fighting to get on the main card when the SmackDown women were relegated to the pre-show last year, and that and they did that, they got it changed. So the SmackDown women's match got on the main show, and the Intercontinental Championship with Ambrose and Corbin got demoted to the pre-show. Did is that hear, sorry? Did you hear why that was though? Why is that? Apparently because Ambrose showed up drunk to the Hall of Fame. Wow. And, yeah, he did actually. And okay. they, did, they didn't know what one was going to get cut, and then they seen Ambrose drunk and just went, "Yours." Right. Yeah. So you think that? Um, well, obviously, um, reasons aside, you know, you know, say a performer's behaving badly or whatever. Do you think there's some political aspect, like you know, the creative control card has to be played to decide what matches go on the pre-show? Because, you know, obviously, you know, this year being Year of the Women, essentially, you know, Women's Revolution and things like that. Do you think, you know, say, say for example, if a women's match was put on the pre-show this year, do you think that would give them just reason to justify, like, oh, you're you're discriminating against the women again? Not not really, no, because there is men's matches on the pre-show. Yeah. Like, I think going forward, it would be cool, maybe... If they went right, right, pre-show and main show, oh, and WrestleMania's 14 matches, we'll have four women's matches, and hopefully we have someone nicer to name a Battle Royal after next year, but you know, <laughs> you know, maybe the Battle, the, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, two of its four years, was on the pre-show, so I don't think there's anything wrong with putting the Battle Royal on the pre-show, for years, when WrestleMania dark matches were on, hmm. it was a Battle Royal. I wouldn't really see a problem with the, unfortunately named, Fabulous Moolah, Battle Royale going on the pre-show. I wouldn't see a problem with that. The thing is, with title matches, do you know what? The way it's going, I wouldn't even be surprised to see the US title on the pre-show because it, it, it just it just has to do with the importance of the match. Mm-hmm. Although I was upset with it because I like Ambrose and I think he's a good performer, I think it didn't really hurt them too much to have the IC title on the pre-show. Because it gives them a reason to watch it. Yeah, and and it, not only that, it wasn't that important. Ambrose Corbin wasn't a great storyline and it didn't really hurt anyone for that to happen. Similarly, Alexa Bliss's title run right now, with the culmination of it, it's not really it's not really leading up to anything. It's just that in the most recent Raw, she's insulted Nia Jax, and she's probably going to fight her at Mania. Be a star. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was bullying, be a star, all that sort of thing. But, you know, she is a heel. But I think, I don't know, it's all about the, imp- the relative importance of the match. On that note, I consider a battle royale not really that important just because it's for a big trophy smack him on the pre-show wouldn't mind too much I, th- I think with the Wrestlemania card the way it should be worked is the, the performers who are leading up to Wrestlemania every week building up they should be going out there and doing a match like it's their last match mm. and building up and building up because I honestly don't really watch Raw and Smackdown that much 
because the matches are boring. They're just going out, doing what they need to do, doing the end story part and then walking away. You, that's how I, I used to like the X Division because you used to have people who were going out there and the match was on, it wasn't even on a pay-per-view, it was on a normal Impact show and you had guys wrestling and the matches were, if you get the, the best of X Division Volume 1 and 2, the matches are on that, hardly any of them are on pay-per-views, they're all on Impact and they're just, but that's what the guys need to, I think, in my opinion, you need to do, you need to show how good you're going to be because Austin and Michael's done it for 14, showed how much they're going to get better, get better, get better and eventually it was one of the best matches at WrestleMania. Mm. Well, that, that was something Edge said as well, just a quick point before we move on. Uh, Edge said when the likes of The Rock were coming back and people were complaining about part-timers, I'm sorry, Edge said, I'm all year round, I'm in that ring, making sure that every match is my last match, like you were saying there, and, you know, if I'm good enough, I'm not getting kicked off the show, fuck, sorry, somebody squeaked their chair there, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm good enough, I'm not getting kicked off that show, if you're good, and then, you know, sometimes it's just for celebrity involvement, sometimes it's not the part-timers, but you know. It's kind of like going to work. If you go into work every day and you don't make an impact on anybody, if you go to be promoted, it ain't going to happen. Because yeah. nobody's going to notice you. Whereas if you're working non-stop, breaking your back every day, when you do try to move up the ladder, you'll get people saying, oh, he was really good, we'll yeah. keep him up. It's it's just, that's, it should be the same as a normal job. If you don't put 100% in, as Eddie Grail said that, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. And it's the, probably the best words I've ever heard in any form of wrestling or employment. It's totally true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just uh, one final point before we sort of wrap up. Is it right to justify, you know, trying to get everybody on the card, you know, because everybody wants to be a part of Mania? No. Nah, no. You, you can't fit everyone in, especially a company the size WWE. It's just not happening. I mean, look look at it now. The Cruiserweights, the, uh, I was about to say the X Division, the, <laughs> the Cruiserweight, the UK Division, people coming up from NXT, mm. Raw, Smackdown, part-timers, surprise returns. Management. Management, because Triple H's got to get in there somehow. And then the likes are, you know, celebrities and then the Hall of Fame partners. just like, too, sometimes it has to be, like you were talking about, you get out what you put in. Some years people don't get on WrestleMania because they don't deserve to be on WrestleMania. Aye. You know, nowadays, you know, it's like, you know, if they're not on the, like, if they're not on a main feud, stick them in the Battle Royal. Yeah. That's it. And I think it's the only way to get all the women on the show as well, because, you know, you've got a lot of, a lot of potential high-profile women's matches going to happen, and then they think, well, what are the rest of them going to do? Fabulous, we love Battle Royal, and that's why that's been brought up now. See, but half of them I couldn't even really care if, you know, I don't really care if Tamina shows up at WrestleMania. I don't really care about that, like, yeah. I don't care if Lana's there, you know? Yeah, they're, they're people that haven't really done anything to deserve throughout the year. Alright, well, we're into the final few minutes now. Just last thoughts. What does everybody think, what would everybody say is their overall best WrestleMania and what is their overall worst WrestleMania? Based on everything we've discussed so far. So, Strack, give me your best and worst Mania. 14 or 17. 14, for best? I'll say 17. 17, okay. 17. And your worst one? Uh, I was gonna say fifteen. Fifteen. Well, 15. even with even with Austin Rock the, the first, and also with Butterbean versus Bart Gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you also have <laughs> Taker against Bossman. Yeah, and we all remember uh, how that match ended. Yeah. So well, we could just say Bossman's well hung. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse than implying what happened. <laughs> We're trying to add a bit of humour to it. Anyway, James. Um, 
It's not my favourite Mania, but I would say overall the best one, 17. Mm-hmm, okay. As far as it goes. Uh, I didn't like 27, but it's more familiar to me. Uh, I think 9 is pretty shocking. 9's the worst? Yeah. You'd say. Okay. Ross? I think we'll go with... 1731 tied for me just because oh, okay yeah and the worst one I think is 16 just for the simple fact the simple choice was Austin's out injured it's Rock Triple H for the title Rock wins and then it was just diluted and diluted and diluted and then a McMahon in every corner and like you were talking earlier McMahon's all over the product yeah McMahon's all over the product and not a single a single singles match mm-hmm. try saying that's drunk <laughs> <laughs> on the show it, you know it was multi-man mania it, was, it wasn't very good you know Quacker uh, 17 best, 27 worst. There you go, straight to the point. So I'm setting a trend here. I'd, I'd say overall, based on what our, me- our listeners have put in and what we've said, I think it's safe to say WrestleMania 17 is considered the best WrestleMania yeah, overall. Definitely. Like, we discussed last week, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, in the Vince heel turn, or the Stone Cold heel turn and he shakes Vince's hand. That was a shocking moment. TLC 2 was uh, obviously another highlight of that. And I think all round it was a generally well-booked mania. You know, match quality was pretty decent. Uh, Triple H had his big intro with Motorhead. That was quite memorable. And I think, yeah, I think I agree with everybody here. It's, I'd say WrestleMania 17 was the best as well. Uh, 27 and 9, obviously, for, for various reasons. 27, just because it, it just felt like a, a really low-key low B pay-per-view rather than a WrestleMania. And WrestleMania 9, obviously, you know, there was just booking all over the place, creative control, politics running wild, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it was the worst Undertaker streak match, which I think find, I find is a big selling point for WrestleMania. Uh, for, for it was, And it was a big selling point for years. Nowadays, I think it's going to, if he gets one more in with Cena this year, which I hope he does, this has to be his last one. Yeah, mm. definitely. I said that after Lesnar. He should yeah. just call that day after Lesnar. The Wyatt. Uh, I'm, I'm actually quite. I'm, I said this as well before we went on air. I'm actually quite surprised nobody's mentioned WrestleMania 32, because that booking was all sort of all over the place a bit. You know, there was no really sort of clear cut, uh, definitive story ending climaxes. Um, it was the most one of the most predictable main events of all time. We all knew Roman Reigns was going to get his big coronation, and but I think. The, and big dog. The big dog. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I was close one running out of time. I don't want to cut it. No, no, no. You do it. You put that. The up. big dog. The big dog. <laughs> it's it's predictable, but I wouldn't say it yeah. ranks up there in terms. Yeah, of and the I thought I'd say it's probably one of the only WrestleManias where I think the women's match was the match of the night. Yeah, and then it was when Charlotte became the sort of new women's champion. You know, it was like the women's revolution sort of made its. Uh, it's resurgence officially. Just a just quick point. I think the reason there was no clear cut booking, every match was a swerve to make you think going into this mm. Roman Reigns Triple H match, maybe he <laughs> maybe. won it. Oh. Zack Ryder won earlier, maybe Triple H will win it. Right. happening this year as well. Yeah, we never know. Oh, well, big dog. <laughs> big dog. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens come. Uh, come uh, this year's Wrestlemania which we'll be discussing in two weeks time Uh, but that's going to do it for us uh, this week on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet next week we'll be hosting our Wrestlemania quiz so be sure to grab some paper pencil pens or crayons if that's all you're allowed and (laughs) yep just to give you a wee teaser guys for next week I'm going to throw one Wrestlemania themed question out there for you and see if you can get what it was okay the question is what was the very first match at Wrestlemania Oh. Is it not? Is it Tito Santana? Uh, I need the full match. Uh, oh, God. I don't know. Okay, Ross, you're, you're half right, yeah. Uh, I get half a point, yes. You get half a point, <laughs> Gold yeah. Gold star for trying. Yep. Strack, I, James, I, I, don't, I don't know. 
I'm probably miles wrong, Steamboat. No, not Steamboat. It was actually Quacko. Do you know? Um, no, I'm. Maybe I'll be tickling it. Well, <laughs> Ross, down, please. Ross was very close. He got one of the people right. It's uh, the first ever match at WrestleMania was Tito Santana versus the Executioner. Executioner. Uh, oh yeah, and it was by submission. Wow, the by Hall submission. Yeah, Executioner. How could we forget him? Mm-hmm. What's did Ross have a wee teaser as well? I know, but I'll, I'll pass it over to Dave for next week's quiz, man, because we're about to run out of time. It's okay. No, no, no. no, no. Go ahead. It's your. Right. We've got time. So it's uh, who is? There's three. WrestleMania main eventers in three different decades. Do you, Dave? I think I yep. Do you know them? Yeah, Undertaker, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. and The Rock. There you go. I thought I'd stop wow. him with that one. Wow. Yeah. Like ninety-nine. I can't bother going through. Yeah, it. it's all right. I had them in my head. Yes, really... I've, I've stumped them. I've got them with one. No, nope. I've just all went stats, man. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's round it off here. Be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter at Suplex Retweet. Like our Facebook page. And if you want to listen to some of our past episodes, we are on Apple Podcasts and Anchor for uh, for uh, Apple users, and we are on Castbox FM for Android and PC. So be sure to follow us there. But anyway, from you mean iTunes, iTunes. Sorry, what Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Anchor is for Android and Windows. Right there we go. Anyway, so from our esteemed panel, uh, we say thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Okay. All right, from our EP Quacko. Thank you. And from myself, David Hockney, we will see you next week for the quiz. See you at WrestleMania.